When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hello, Sarah. Believe it, we are live streaming. So I completely lost power whilst uh, we were going into the introduction. So thank you so much for staying online. Let me just get everything up and running and we will go through that again. There's nothing like going live <laughs> and have and you know what I say, when technology happens and um, things kind of fall apart, we just have yeah. to go with the it's Exactly. We've got lots of people working from home as well and uh, we all rush around, power's gone. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let me introduce my wonderful guest today. And, of course, this is another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the Influence Alliance. And the Influence Alliance is the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to make a much bigger impact in the world with their message whilst also build a profitable and scalable business. So my guest today says go after what gets you out of bed in the morning and I'd love to introduce Sarah Shaw to you. Sarah is a fashion entrepreneur. She is a product designer and a business coach that specializes in helping other women entrepreneurs to succeed. Now, Sarah has her 20 years of experience and six companies under her belt and she has built a treasure trove of secrets for launching your product line, getting your products into stores and boutiques and getting your products to A-list celebrities and getting massive publicity in order to grow your companies or their companies quickly. Now, on today's show, Sarah is able to share how to get your product into celebrity hands, how to connect with buyers, as well as how to build a product brand in today's digital world. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you tonight. It's interesting that when we look at uh, online business and all of the things that you're talking about today, if we were to look about two years ago or maybe even two or three years ago now, comparing it to now with so many more businesses online, so many more businesses aware of many of the tools, technologies that uh, are available to them, I would imagine that there's a lot more opportunity for getting eyes on products, services and so forth with with the tech and so forth that, that is available now. Would you agree? Yes and no. <laughs> um, I, I think that being with everybody being online in the last couple of years, that it makes the, the marketplace actually a little tougher to yes. get the word out and that yes. you have to dive a little deeper, you know, into how you're going to do that. So maybe that you're 
you get your business, whether it's a service or pro- or product based company from you know from advertising, Google, Facebook, uh, Instagram. It could be that you are an amazing email marketer and you get you know huge open rates and people come to you that way. It may be that you're dialing for dollars all the time, right? I don't know. People still make phone calls. I know I certainly get like a thousand spam calls a week. And, you know, and people are trying, I think, so many different methods these days because, you know, kind of pre-COVID, you know, you're a digital marketer too, in a sense, right? So it, it was sort of seven to nine times really of contact before people would kind of pull the trigger click your sign up for your newsletter, buy something, you know, whatever the call to action was. And during COVID, we sort of found that it was more like 12 to 15 times. And now I'm sort of seeing it kind of dive back down to maybe the nine to 11. You know, um, I don't know if you're noticing that as well. But I, I feel like it can be just depending on what your business is and what the needs of your community what's are doing with that, leveraging yeah leveraging that it's interesting you should say that i'm glad you answered that way because i guess with any opportunities whether we're doing face to face marketing networking relationship building it's all very important isn't it that relationship building whatever tool technology or you know what we might call old fashioned um, networking which is still very very important i think it's how we use that and it's a mindset of the business and I heard someone refer and I can't recall who it was so I cannot credit them but they said the rapid change of businesses now having to adopt the way that they're now on the online space and leveraging these tools uh, has kind of uh, accelerated into a smaller amount of time that it maybe would have taken them minimum six years Mm. and so yes these tools are available they're incredible tools but how we're using them and because and I love the way that you've reminded the importance of this and I think it is so important that we if we haven't really crafted our message to really align and position our business with the needs of our ideal customer uh, we will probably find that we're not able to cut through the noise and Mm -hmm. and we have to refine that message for sure it's able to be done and and you know it may not take a one or two times and some businesses, and I'm sure you hear this too, Sarah, well, we tried that, but it didn't work. Yeah, but how frequently? Well, we've done a few posts and no right. one's really responded. So uh, that's, that's that's so important. So certainly going to be able to tap into that. But I know that you have an area of specialty in really being able to leverage relationships with celebrities, people who have a following already and through leveraging those relationships gets your products uh, you know, exposed to a far greater audience, but that takes time too. So what are some strategies that you see really work well to get our products into celebrity hands? So, you know, it's funny, most people think it takes a long time and it can actually be one of the quickest ways to raise your your brand credibility because celebrities are actually a lot easier to get to than people think. Um, so we, um, what I recommend is you cr- just do some internet research. I mean, depending on the kind of celebrity you're looking for um, or the, you know, if it's a product-based um, company, then maybe if the celebrity just had a baby and you make baby products, you want to look for celebrities that just have or have, have children in the age range of, you know, whatever your product is. And then doing some research on them, you know, maybe they always wear pink or something and you 
make something fabulous that's pink that you want to get to their little girl. And, and so then it's really going to contact any celebrity.com, which is a website that's pretty inexpensive where you can actually just get everybody's contact pretty much out there and, <laughs> and then crafting a pitch um, to their gatekeepers. Cause you're not going to actually get to the celebrity directly yourself unless you happen to message them through Instagram or Facebook and they actually happen to respond, which can happen, but it's more few and far between. So definitely sending a letter to their gatekeeper, you know, telling them a brief little bit about your business and then why you want to get them, you know, the pink dress for their daughter and that, you know, you hope that she enjoys it and blah, blah. And that if they want anything else, you know, here's a link to your catalog uh, or you want to let them choose something. Um, and so then, then it's really becomes that relationship between you and the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. So it's keeping it friendly, you know, being consistent, right? So let's say you email them on Tuesday. Then if you haven't heard back, you, maybe you send them a little reminder on Thursday cause they're super busy too. And often you will get responses from the celebrity gatekeepers much faster than you would for, let's say, if you were reaching out to the magazines or trying to get on a podcast or, you know, whatever with other busy entrepreneurs. I think these particular people are trained to respond. Like that's yeah. their job <laughs> is just to respond to the phone or the email, you know, or, or however the communication is coming through. It can also be a good idea, again, to extend those points of contact. So following those celebrities on social, maybe making some comments. Uh, if there's articles written about them and they are on social media, you know, leaving a comment just so that your name is just out there more and more, which kind of goes back to our original little chat about the points of contact that can make the relationship get started more quickly. Yeah. What I love about what you're saying and there is that it, it's a great reminder that celebrities are human beings because <laughs> often, well, the, kind of um, developed a character and a persona in the marketplace, which is their role. However, they may have um, a personal preference to a certain type of jewellery or, uh, you know, some of their core values is, is aligned with a particular, whatever it may, may be. And if your business aligns with that or a product aligns with that too, that's a great way to be able to develop that relationship. And what I'm hearing, and, and this is such a great reminder so often that we think, well, I've sent it and I didn't hear back. But it is follow-up. And just because you may not have heard from them immediately does not mean that they're not interested in it. It may just mean that there's been other things and a, a nice reminder is certainly going to pop that brand, pop your email or your letter uh, back to, to top of mind. And I love the way that you've also said, you know, this is about relationship building and what we invest on the front end. And if we're really aligned, and I know everyone who's listening to this and part of our community very much aligned with integrity and excellence, that they taking a little bit of time to show an interest in that could go a long way. Comment mm -hmm. on social media posts. Where is that person going, attending, speaking at, you know, aside from, say, their, their day job, if you will, as, as part of movies and so forth. Uh, take an interest like that and eventually I think they they could notice you because some celebrities are still kind of following to a degree, I would imagine, obviously some of the fanfare stuff they turn off against, but you could really see the difference, can't you, between a well-thought-out comment versus 
that that kind of thing really stands out online, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If someone is genuinely interested in commenting. Yeah, I think it makes a big difference, you know, especially even if you send them a DM through Instagram, for example, you know, they may just get a ton of, you know, fan mail, right? Oh, you're so beautiful or whatever, right? Um, Whereas if you're leaving a genuine comment, it may actually stand out. You know, I often tell my clients, you know, once you've sent something to a celebrity, um, go to their Instagram, maybe a week or two later, if you haven't seen them posting a picture, you haven't really heard anything, but you know, they've received the gift, just, you know, just a quick little like girlfriend note, Hey, so-and-so, you know, I was the one, I'm the one who sent you the blah, blah. And just wanted to see if you liked it, you know, we'd love to send you anything else you'd like from our catalog. So feel free to reach out anytime or something like that, where it's just like what you might say to a friend, because like you were saying, they are just people, they just happen to be famous for a living. Right. You know, and we all, we all are, are known in our field and they just happen to be on a 10 foot screen. So they're a lot more well-known around the world, but they're still just people who want to have relationships, want to have friends, you know, and, and are just normal people. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes we often, uh, because of that, oh, they wouldn't be interested in this or that, but they do have their personal preferences and and their hobbies and and things that they like and and dislike and so forth. And if you've got a product or whatever it is that you do in your business is certainly going to be something of interest. Don't assume that they would not be interested. And those people, I I think, I would often have this, and I'm sure you have this in your business too, people will approach you and think, I didn't think that you would respond. Is this really you? You know, that kind of thing. And it's, they are just human beings and, um, you know, not 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 sending something is often the, the first reason why you're never getting your product uh, or, you know, brand uh, known by that person. Are there some do nots? We've spoken, you've spoken beautifully about some of the things that uh, you should be doing, but what are some things that you see businesses do that you think you need to stop doing that because this is going to eliminate any possibility of developing any relationships with the gatekeepers or the celebrity themselves? I think kind of bragging about your company and making the letter more about you rather than about why they would want your product. You know, so I think people tend to, as entrepreneurs, want to talk themselves up, right? And and pitch, you know, I'm so fabulous, right? Whereas they don't know who you are and they want they just really want to know what you're doing for them. Right. So it kind of comes back to, you know, when you think about your marketing, right, in general, you want to talk about what you can do for your customer, whether it's service, product, doesn't matter how how they can see what you can do for them, what it will do for them. Right. Mm. And you want people to read saying, oh, that's me. Of course, I need this. Right. And so it's the same thing with celebrities is making it very minimal. You know, I created you know, this blouse because of blah, blah, blah. And it's made, you know, by women who do X, Y, Z. That's enough. It, and then it's, you know, I thought you would like it because, you know, you wear pink all the time or whatever the relationship is that you're, you're connecting to. So it's really about what your product will do for them, why they might like it, you know, why they could use it. Yes. I'd love to speak to you just, oh, sorry, you, you were continuing. I was just going to say that. It, so it's really the, 
the downfall is really the over-explaining, I think, and making a big paragraph. Award-winning and, and, you know, all of those kind of things. And it's the same as when you're marketing to a potential customer, you know, awards and things like that. I mean, they may ask that down the track, but at the the beginning, they want to know, how is this product going to support me? You Mm -hmm. know, how can it fit in with with my needs? So say then someone has um, then sent something and then a celebrity has worn that, I want to talk a little bit about how can we leverage that from our business point of view as far as, you know, ongoing publicity so we don't cross the line because we're all about integrity here and if the celebrity has worn that and may not necessarily have said anything about the product, you don't want to then go on and take that name of the celebrity and plaster it all because that's a no-no too, isn't it? So what are some of the protocols that you share once a celebrity has worn the product or whatever it is, how can you leverage that so that there's integrity for your business and also integrity from the point of view of that person? Sure. Good question. So I'm of the I'm uh, I'm in your camp. Uh, always travel with integrity, <laughs> and so you never want to put words in people's mouth, right? Mm. That's that's the worst downfall I think with celebrities is saying, oh, you know, she she loves this pink shirt. Well, unless she's saying I love this pink shirt on video, you don't actually know what she feels or thinks about it. Yeah. So you can say, oh, she's wearing here's a picture of so-and-so wearing our pink shirt, right? Which is the actual truth if there's a photo, right? Sometimes you just get a thank you note from the celebrity and you never see a photo of them wearing or using your product. But again, you could go out to celebrity magazines, for example, like the People's and Us Weeklies or even fashion magazines and say, hey, here's a a photograph of the thank you note I got from so-and-so. And they, there's a good chance they could f- get to that celebrity, ask them because they usually have relationships with them or through their PR team to say, hey, you know, we saw that you wear the pink shirt or you loved it or sent a thank you note or whatever. And could we write about it this week? And so sometimes they'll even pose or send a photo of them in the shirt for them to put in the magazine or they'll just say, yeah, sure, I did write that note and you can go ahead and just put a picture of it, you know, in there. Um, Sometimes they'll post on social media, in which case you can repurpose that because there is whatever it says, right? You can take a screenshot of the Instagram um, image or like recently a client sent something to Eva Longoria and she did a whole unboxing video and put Uh it on her Instagram. And so she recorded that quickly, made a copy and could put it on her press page on her website and send out the link to to the magazines and stores and her online shoppers, you know, people for e-com because all of those things raise your credibility. And so you can feel free if someone's posted it on social to repurpose it because it's a sharing network. And, and then if it happens to be in a magazine, again, you can share those images from a publicly purchased magazine. And, you know, as long as you're not putting words in somebody's mouth, but Hey, here's so-and-so wearing my blah, blah. Right. Then, then it's really just saying the truth about what's happening. You know, you've given me some ideas. I mean, and and so many people now we know, even as individuals, businesses, they love that whole unboxing. So if you're going to invest time and money into uh, this strategy, imagine if the packaging was personalized 
for for that celebrity that that even the packaging itself wowed them so much so that you took that little bit of extra time and that's I think circles right back to what we were saying about our message spend time with the message that you're sharing online right from the graphics to the wordings that you're using is it really speaking directly to your ideal client can you take the packaging that you're sending and the words that you're sending to connect can that be done in an innovative way that will really stand out out because it's about creating an experience, isn't it? And if it's an experience yes. that's memorable, right from the person who was the gatekeeper to say, look what we just got. I mean, I, I had to send this through because look at this. That is going to be memorable to that individual. And who wouldn't want to unbox something that's quite, you know, kind of personalised and I, I ultimately would. the product. <laughs> we all love to do that. Yeah. And we even love watching the unboxing of it. I mean, the things yeah. that we these days. I mean, it's kind of right there. So, and it's all about getting creative, isn't it? What can we do and leverage that will enable us to create that unique experience and something that someone will continue to uh, to speak about? So let's talk about, I love that. Thank you for spending a little bit of time into that. And I know that we've only scratched the surface and I'll <laughs> let everybody know how they can connect with you, Sarah, so that they can tap into your expertise uh, at the end of this show. But you also would like to talk about how do we connect with buyers? What are some things that you're seeing working really well at the moment? So I really find that connecting with buyers by email originally, like as your first, uh, you know, investment in that connection, because they need to see your product. I mean, unless you've happened to be in the store and you're wearing the pink shirt and they say, oh, I love it. Where can I get it? Oh, I'm the designer, right? Then that's just a lucky moment. But most of the time you'll be wanting to contact them by email so that you can put a link to your catalog or line sheet, or maybe you have it um, stored online somewhere um, so that they can take a look at their leisure and, and before you actually call them, because if they haven't seen what you're offering, it's often hard to describe over the phone, right? Yes. And, and you want them to have had a visual experience before you actually speak to them. So I, you know, I like to use tracking software, make sure that you know that they've opened it. If you're contacting them by email, making sure that they've opened or possibly clicked on your links, because I, I think of the, the clickers as your hottest lead, right? Because they've actually taken this, that first well, first, they opened your email and their second step is to click on your link to your catalog or maybe a photo or click to your website. But at least they've had some, you know, mental registration of what it is that you're showing them. So I always like best if they've had one or two connections with your product, because when you call and you're like, hey, wanted to call to see if you've had a chance to, you never want them to know you've been stalking them. But, um, and, you know, if you've had a chance to look at my catalog or my website and I sell this pink shirt and wanted to, you know, I thought it would be a great fit for your store. At least you're, you have an inkling that they've clicked and seen, but you're hoping that they have looked at. So that would be my first outreach to stores. Perfect. So you wouldn't ring them. I see that you clicked it, 829-12 on my link. So just ringing you up at 815. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely a no-no. Well, because sometimes people will say to me, well, how do you 
you know, what do you say to them? You know, I'm like, well, you just say, hey, I'm following up to see if you've had a chance to look at my email, right? Because if you're using a CMS system, you can obviously see if people have opened or clicked or if you're using mm -hmm. some other kind of tracking software. Um, you know, you, you these relationships are so um, important to building your brand that you need you need to start to know over time whether people are opening the emails, right? And with the new iOS 15, a lot of those open rates are inflated now. So you, it's, you know, you have to kind of decide which direction you're going to go as far as reading, reading into all of that, because it can be that it's showing somebody opened it, but they really didn't. So yes. we're just working on developing some new techniques to get around all that. Oh, okay. Do you have any favorite or recommended uh, software that you've used and perhaps recommend to clients? Because that in itself can be a, a difficulty. There are so many new technologies and apps being built today. It can become quite overwhelming, which knowing which one is going to best suit. So do you have any ones that you recommend? Yeah, it can be hair on fire, right? Um, we, I'm a big um, user of Active Campaign. I've been using it for more than 10 years, probably, um, which if people aren't familiar, it's like MailChimp or Constant Contact or things like that, uh, Klaviyo. Um, I just like their interface. You know, I don't know that they're actually better than anybody, but that's the one that we like. Um, but we've just started experimenting with GMAS, which is a Gmail mass mailer system where you can actually mail merge Excel sheets and it actually comes from your email, not from a mass email system. So you, mm -hmm. and you can see the open rates and the clicks and I'm, we're just experimenting. We've only been using it for about a week or so. <laughs> so it's very new, but we think we like it and we think this might solve and get, help us get around this iOS 15, which yes. if are you, do you know, I don't Share know. Share a little bit for those who may not be aware of what, what's going on. To yes. Them up to, to scratch. Yeah. <laughs> so from what I understand and what I've been told is that the iOS 15 update will, it, so normally if you're sending like through MailChimp or Constant Contact, Active Campaign, Klaviyo, there's little images embedded so that it can tell, the system can tell if somebody opened the email. Yes. Not not whether they clicked on one of your own links, because that is easy to tell. But if they actually opened it, but the iOS 15, if it shows up on your phone, right, on your mm -hmm. iPhone, and it will automatic and you and you just check your email and see that the email is there, it will automatically register it as an open. Mm -hmm. So whether you ever click on it or not, it will register it as an open. If you're looking on your laptop, and that's where you check your email first thing in the morning. It won't register unless you actually click and open. But if you're using your iPhone and you are at iOS 15, it, re it will read that. So your open rates will start to become inflated as more yes. and more people update the And iPhone. they might have been going delete and then it's registered. <laughs> As a, as a click and all of these things are important to to be mindful of and to track because as you you were saying it can take multiple touch points and the more you can then calculate from your tracking system well each of the emails that this person has been sent they've opened each of them and they've actually clicked through a number of those links they are more um 
aware of your brand then, haven't they? They've engaged exactly. with that and that that really is uh, quite valuable in, in today's world when people do do that. Are there any other things that you can recommend uh, around connecting with buyers? I mean, we could do a whole show yeah. probably a whole day <laughs> on email, the, the ins yeah. and outs and so forth. But what other things do you recommend and can see are working really well? So I think, again, it's sort of back to that finding the connection that you have. So I think it's important to, you know, research their website, take a look at other brands that they sell, because, you know, the idea is to get out of your own backyard, right? Obviously, if it's stores that are within 10 miles or 20 miles, maybe you've been there. But if you're in California and you want to sell to stores in Chicago and New York, most likely you're looking online. And which I highly recommend. And, and so it's investigating their site, looking at other brands that they carry. Does, do your products fit in with those brands? Do the stores that you do sell to in your, in your own backyard carry some of those same brands and therefore do well with your collection? So sometimes you can say, you know, I sell in this store here and they also sell these three brands and I see you sell them. So I think, you know, it could be a great fit. And so that's another trick of, you know, not a trick trick, but another in to have how you think another, another thing that you another can hack. Do. Yeah. And, yeah. and another, another interesting idea, if you live in a town, um, it's just easier if it's local for you. So if you live in a city that has kind of a hip store that is talked about a lot online or um, is in the press a lot, maybe it's credited in magazines, you know, um, sometimes getting your stuff there on consignment can just be a coup because then you can call other stores and say, Hey, I'm sold in this boutique and you don't have to say my stuff's on consignment, but it opens doors. You know, when I had my uh, first accessory line many years ago, that's what I did in Los Angeles. I went into the three hippest stores I knew. I asked them to take it on consignment. They did because I was a nobody. And then I could go out to other stores and say, hey, I'm in these three stores in LA. And people were like, oh, well, if they're buying it. We're getting it, yeah, you know? And it just starts to snowball. And, and then the more stores you're in and the more, the more stores start to come to you. Yeah. And then get the friends to go, it's an on consignment in that store. Go and buy some, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all of these things, it's just a building momentum, isn't it? And mm -hmm. I and I don't think in that instance there's anything wrong because obviously that once people start to recognize that, and and we're going to talk a little bit about how to build a product brand in, in today's digital world. I don't know about you, Sarah, but I'll watch someone and I, I love Instagram. I'm a very visual person. So I'll watch um someone just, you know wearing a piece of jewelry or whatever and then I oh I love that where where did she get that from we're, we're just you know maybe that's just a woman thing I don't know but that kind of the visual aspect of things is really powerful yes, you know the right is. kind of photograph in front of the right person can really be all that's needed to mm -hmm. take you to the next level so let's then segue into now how do we build that product brand and in, in, in today's digital world because one of the things as businesses and, and we can use everything that you shared today and, and even uh, bring that into a service-based business to all of the strategies that you, you've shared uh, can be tweaked because if you start to develop a relationship with a buyer or even a, you know a, a celebrity as we were talking about earlier in the show what you have also created as your own brand brand voice, your own brand space, they may take a couple of seconds 
of their time to click across to see what can they find out about you. So mm-hmm. it's important that we put our best foot forward, isn't it? So let's totally. talk about how do we build that product brand, but a standout product brand in today's digital world. So I think I like to look at your business as a four-piece pie. So one quadrant is your online shoppers, right? Your e-com access that you have selling on your website. Then there's selling to stores, pitching magazines and the media to build credibility, and then pitching celebrities. So I feel like to build a brand today, you have to work on all of these quadrants. And, And I put social media into the media section. So it's having an amazing social media presence, being, being sure to constantly show your new products, um, make your products, you know, instead of just, you know, a white picture of, of your product that might be on your website, because e-com images are a lot different than lifestyle, right? You need to have sometimes a clear uh, white background photo is what I mean by the e- an e-com photo. Uh, And you always want to have those because sometimes you might send those to the media because a lot of magazines, especially these days, are not doing as many photo shoots. So they might say, oh, great, you know, we'll just use your gorgeous photo and they can ghost it or do whatever they need to and stick it in the magazine. Not if it's a lifestyle with, you know, all this stuff behind you. Right. So you want to have two sets of images, right? The e-com and then some lifestyle, or you can digitize the images and make them look like they're standing in Paris if that's what it takes to sell. But I think that it's getting people excited. And so getting into the media, getting magazine exposure builds that brand credibility just the same way it does as getting a celebrity to be, you know, wearing your product and post a picture on Instagram. So I think these days it's that credibility building that's really important to building a brand quickly, especially if you have something that's patented because Mm. patents are really hard to enforce. Been there, done that. So, you know, so you want to get out there and be like the, you know, you got to be the first one to market first to just explode it and get it into as many places as possible, as quickly as possible these days. Brilliant. Something else that I see happening because I've got uh, young millennial uh, daughters and uh, and one of the things that I see her doing, uh, I, I was even saying today, I mean, wearing products and then tagging the business and then the business messaging and say, can we use that as part of our social media? That's a great way to showcase proof because the, yes. the individual, like my daughter, gets a real thrill. Yes. Oh, you know, they, um, they're sharing that on their profile and then that gets sent out to all of her community again because they share, reshare the fact that the companies shared um, their sure. posts. And these kind of things happen daily, you know. So mm-hmm. this is kind of third-party validation, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you can really get creative. As you say, they may not necessarily have people here in Melbourne. I think we've uh, won or we can now claim the title of the, the most lockdown city in the world. Yes. <laughs> so not that we wanted that title, but anyway, there you go. But there's still um, opportunities to get your brand, if you will, out in front of your ideal client, if it's young, you know, millennials, um, through using third-party, you know, content as part of, uh, you know, your, your overall strategy. Do you think that businesses are recognizing the power in the communities of of some of the individual people who will be buying their product as well that could kind of amplify that brand message out in front of their community just through what they're sharing 
Yeah, so many people have affiliate programs now on their site or, and what they also call brand ambassadors, which I think is a, is getting to be a little antiquated, but it's more thinking of them as an influencer, right? So I think that going after um, influencers in general uh, through Instagram can be a great way to promote your brand. If you don't have a lot of money to throw at that, you could offer them an affiliate um commission for selling something like even your daughter, right? If she's wearing the pink top and she's, you know, taking her pictures and they tag her, she can say, yes, you can use it, but I want 5% of all the sales of the pink top for the next 30 days. So, you know, so, so you can, or she, if she buys clothes and she really likes them, she could actually contact the company before she starts promoting the photo of herself in it and say, hey, I want to do a relationship with you. I have X number of followers. I get X number of likes and comments. You know, I think I could sell this and I'll do it for an affiliate commission, no fees, right? Yeah. So then they have nothing to lose yeah. because yeah. she's she's putting her money where her mouth is, right? Hey, I'll sell this for you. You pay me commission yeah. and we're all happy. If I don't sell any, then no loss, right? No, so, that's right. So a lot of people are doing that, you know, even with some famous celebrities, because last year nobody was working. So a lot of celebrities or stylists started turning towards selling things to make some money. And even if it was for fun or for real, right? I mean, a lot of celebrities don't need to make the money, but the stylists do and the people who work for them need to. And so it's just the business has changed a little bit. It's just a little more it's a little softer and a little more fluid. And I think agencies and people are more open to new ideas these days than they were in the past. And I think it's given everybody some pause because even as things start to open up again, we now realize that what we thought would never have been possible, but the entire world shut down, has actually yeah. happened. And as we know in business, and, and as I said in the introduction, you know, you've had six companies, 20 you know, years of experience, we know that there has to be an element of risk management into that. And so we, multiple streams of income, you know, and so uh, I think celebrities and as you say, the, the people that deal, that that whole world now realises, well, we do need to open up. What other ways of streams of income can we leverage, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, in, in their instance, of course, is, is their name. Is the, they are their brand themselves. How can we align with that? And it's such a wonderful opportunity for companies, for product-based businesses who are a bit innovative in their thinking to realise that there's, you know, incredible opportunities to be leveraged. Mm-hmm. We collaborate. I think yes. now even more the collaboration um, is coming to the fore, which I think is exciting because opportunities are right there. It's just a matter of identifying them. Yes. Uh, and and reaching out and saying that and there, you know, there could be some real fun projects that come about out of that. And I love that kind of thing. I, I always love watching the bloopers behind, you know, and the behind <laughs> the scenes because you can get a bit of an experience of kind of just, an, you know, just a flash of the, the personality of that person. Now, if, if someone aligns with your brand, your product brand, and the two gets them exposure in, in front of, you know, a whole new crowd and vice versa, I think it can be uh, absolutely incredible. Look, I can keep talking to you all day, Sarah, <laughs> but I know that I'm on the opposite side of the world for you. So it's still morning for me and, and probably getting uh, late afternoon or evening for you. So share with how can people get in contact with you? What's the best way? What's your website? All of those great details. 
Okay, so you can find me at sarahshawconsulting.com. Um, if you'd like to get started with the celebrities, you'll see a pop-up. You can download some free letters, samples, and a little PDF that will teach you how to get your products to celebrities. And then if you have a business and you want to explore how you can grow that, there's a big book now and you can book a free call with me and I'd love to talk to you about your business. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. And uh, please reach out to her. As we said, we've only just scratched the surface, but I know that uh, there's great opportunities for businesses around the world. I mean, we've got a global audience. And so it doesn't matter what country that you're in, I'm sure that a lot of the, well, all of the strategies that you continue to share, Sarah, um, was uh, going to be, is going to be relevant. I'm just going to pop in. I love to, whenever anyone shares a comment here, and we've got some people that have been following along. What a great message. Thank Thank you. Well, thank you, Rachel, for following along. Uh, I know that uh, I've learned a lot too from what Sarah has shared. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.